Hello and welcome to Become a Competent Biblical Counselor. I'm Dr. Dave Jones and today's episode is entitled Qualifications of a Biblical Counselor. And I want to make reference to some two scriptural passages, 1 Timothy 3, 1 through 7, and Titus 1, 5 through 9. Now these two chapters and verses are examples of some very lengthy and explicit qualifications for pastors, but they also apply to counselors as well. So I'm not going to take the time to read through those. Please take care of that for yourself and enjoy what it has to say. But let's go on with what the qualifications are for a biblical counselor. So you've come to this point in your life where you want to help people. You think that you'd like to get involved, but you just don't know what to do. You don't know what to say, what not to say, um, and it becomes a challenge. So it's better off that you just do nothing because you're safe that way. But I would encourage you to consider the fact that you are competent to counsel. You just have to work on some things to be even more competent, and we're going to get into that right now. One of the very first things, and I've got 10 different topics to briefly mention to you with respect to what it takes to be a biblical counselor. Now, you might feel comfortable with counseling, but there might be some areas which you might really have to consider whether this is something you feel comfortable in doing. For example, the very first one, your story. You know, we all have a story. In fact, we have many stories, don't we? Good stories, bad stories. We've had things that have happened in our lives that have been devastating. We've had some things in our lives that have happened that it's taken some time to overcome. That's the point I want to talk to you about. What have you had in your life? What story or event or issue have you had in your life that's been very, very difficult, but you've come through it and you've been victorious with coming through it? Those problems you had back in high school are no longer those concerns and fears that you had back in college are no longer. Why? What happened to cause you to get the victory that you have? The important thing to consider at this point is, in order to be a biblical counselor and an effective biblical counselor, you must have had a story where you have, through God's grace, His strength, and His understanding, has given you the victory over that. The reason for your victory is not in so much as you overcame it through discipline or reading or music or hypnosis or anything else. No. What has God done for you in that particular situation that brought you victory? If you don't have such a story, get one. And the way to get one is that right now you're struggling with something that, you know, biblically you should be able to handle differently. You're just not doing it. The point is, do it. Find a scripture that pertains to your particular issue, your particular story right now, and what the Bible says that you must do to get God's guidance and help and direction in overcoming that issue. Once you do that, then you have a biblical victorious story. And that's important because you may have had problems with alcoholism in the past, but you've overcome your alcoholism because of your faith and your commitment to what God wanted you to do to overcome that problem. 
you turn your focus away from the horizontal, from what your friends and your family and everybody else was doing uh, that got you involved in that process in the first place, but you turn the issue around to looking at life from God's point of view. What does God want me to do with this? And you recognize this is what God wants me to do. I'm going to be obedient to him, and I'm going to get this thing solved. And you did by the grace of God. That's a story that is very, very helpful to people who are going through the same thing that you have been through, but you've overcome. In fact, James chapter 1 talks about the fact that count it all joy when you fall into various trials and tribulations, for the testing of your faith worketh patience. God allows you to go through things to help you to get stronger because he's got other things that he wants to do in your life and he has other people that he wants to bring into your life as a result of what he has done with your obedience to him. So that's number one. Number two, know your scripture. Understand this. There's not one scripture for depression that you must use and you must find out what that scripture is. No, no. I might use a scripture that, that's very effective with the examples that I use to help people overcome depression or anxiety or loneliness, but that's what I use. The Bible is full of scriptures that you can use based upon your personality and the way that you want to present this information. Find the verses that you are comfortable with and understand the context of those verses and how you're going to utilize the problems that, that you're faced with from the scriptural point of view. So don't just think that I have to know one particular verse that's going to help with anger, and that's what I'm going to use. And it's not necessarily mine. You find your own. It's in there, and you'll find it. Number three, counseling is teaching. People come to you, and they'll say, I, I don't know what to do. I have a problem, and I just don't know what to do. Can you help me? teach me and what I show me what I should do counseling is teaching and you need to do that with your counselor counselees people come to you so teach them they want to be taught teach them number four counseling is more than prayer certainly prayer has to be included in counseling but a lot of times people will say well I pray for my problems I pray for my issues I pray for s solutions and I'm just not getting anywhere, so I'm not going to pray anymore. But you know what? It's not all about praying. Even though praying is important, like I just said, you must do what the Scriptures tell you to do. Number five, under no circumstances should you ever provide or give an opinion about medical advice. Sometimes people might say, well, I think my medication is causing me to be lonely. My medication is causing me to be sad. It is not your job to evaluate or opine or give a suggestion or anything with respect to what medications that they are on. Medications have been prescribed, hopefully, from their physician, and it's, it's a counseling in the physician that should come to the determination of the efficiency of that medication. So stay away from medical advice. Number six, and something that is extremely important, all of your counseling must be confidential. Quite often, counselors get the, the big head that they think they're important, and they want people to know how important that they are. So they tell people about, oh, I had a counselor who was suicidal, and this is how I helped them. You know what? It's not about the counselor. It's about the counselee. And it's nobody else's business 
You see, the most important person in the counseling situation is the Holy Spirit. So you have to be very, very careful in your confidentiality. Nobody needs to know who you're talking to, even your spouse. They don't need to be involved with that. Just keep it very confidential. That's, a, that's an imperative. Also, number seven, some counselors get emotional and take on the emotional stimulus from the counselees. You must be very mature and don't take on their problems. If you take on your counselee's problems, you become ineffective as a counselor. You're not an outside individual giving them biblical advice. So be very careful of how you get emotionally involved with the problems that you're listening to. It's not a matter of pride. It's a matter of fear. Stay away from your emotions and be very careful in controlling your emotions. Also, be very number eight is be, be very directive. Directive means you have to tell people, do this, don't do it. Paul did it. Apostle Paul did it quite often. Put off the old, put on the new. Think on these things. Very, very direct. You don't have to be mean with it. You just have to come right out and say, well, this is what you need to do. The Bible says you do this. The Bible says you don't do this. The Bible says put this on. The Bible says you start doing this. The Bible says stay away from these kind of people. That's very, very directive. And being an effective counselor, people are asking, what should I do? They don't know what to do. Tell them what the Bible says they must do. And if they say that, well, I don't agree with what you're saying. Well, you know what? <laughs> it's not me that's saying it. This is what the Bible is saying. And as long as you stay behind the Word of God, you're never going to be wrong. Be directive. Number nine, after you spent some time talking with a counselee, follow up. The next day or two, call them on the phone and say, hey, just call them to see how you're doing. The situation is that you want to get to the point where you're, you're walking in the footprints of the people that you're trying to help. You're getting in the trenches with them, letting them know they're not by themselves, that you understand what they're going through. But the other side is to give them hope. I'm going to come through this with you. You and I have a plan according to what the Bible says that you must do. I'm going to help you get through this. You can rely on me. You see what I'm getting at? So you give them hope that they're not in this by themselves, that if they have the problem, they can call you on the phone and they can say, you know, I'm having a rough time today with this, that, and the other. They're just calling. They just want a shot in the arm for hope. And guess what? You're that person. So that's the concern with respect to being a biblical counselor. Another very important thing that you should be very, very concerned and involved with, too, is listening listening a lot of times I've had people come to me and they're really they yeah they need counseling and so I'll say well tell me what your issue is so they start talking now understand this when they first start talking I have no idea what I'm going to say I have no idea I don't have any plan I have no script I have nothing to go by because the Holy Spirit's the most important person in this situation so I listen and people start talking and they talk and they talk and you know what that is fine because the more they talk the more data the more information that you're getting also 94 percent of all communication is nonverbal. watch what they say listen to some of the words that they use and how they emphasize certain words over others listen the best thing you can do is listen 
Too many times, counselors get into the idea that they keep talking and talking and talking and talking and giving their examples. I, I mentioned uh, your story in the past. Don't spend a lot of time on your story. It's not about you. It's just an opportunity to let them know that they're not in the situation alone, that you've been there and you can help them as well. But the point is, listen. There are many times I will be listening to someone, and after about a half an hour, 45 minutes, I may have grunted every once in a while and said, yep, I see, I understand that. Could you, mean, could you tell me what you meant by this, that, and the other? And then they continue talking. After a while, they might say, you know what, this has been wonderful. I, am, I really appreciate how much you've helped me. Now, what did I do? I just sat there and listened. They heard themselves out loud thinking. And the more they talked, the more they realized there was somebody who was looking at them, expressing and evidencing the fact that they were listening was more important than anything that I had to say. And it was just fascinating to know that that's piece that I have, that I didn't interject something that got them off track or tell them something that was totally foreign to what they want to do. I just shut up and I just listened. So many times you might want to do that. Quite often, you might want to always do that. Listen, practice listening, and don't talk so much. So be honest with yourself. Have a story, how you have overcome it biblically. Know your scripture. Learn more. Teach to apply what the Bible is instructing the counseling to do. Also instruct them through prayer to have a plan of prayer and to include that in their daily life, and to, to involve them with applying. Don't advise on medical regimens. Be very confidential. Control and watch over your emotions. Be directive. Don't beat around the bush. Be directive. Follow up. Give them hope and encouragement. If you can do all these things and consistently do these things and continue to improve on these issues, this is just a start, then you're going to be a very competent biblical counselor. Thanks for joining me today, and I look forward to being with you on our next episode. Have a great day.